What up, family? Seawood and Severino, from the music industry to real estate, from fashion to real estate partners in carte blanche, we're talking about positive real talk. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Everyone has a light. And I want everyone's life to shine bright, 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 What up, family? Our watch. What up, family? This is your tribe. This is your safe place to recharge your battery. Not to need any extra shit here. No judgment here. Uh, so you're gonna get the real, but it's, but it's always gonna come from a place of love. What up, family? Back at it. Oh, we're excited. We're already into week seven. Mm-hmm. Conversation number seven. Sí, or, come on. Numero siete. There we go. Um, man, this week was so busy. And we are keeping it 100 so you guys can uh, understand what it takes to put this shit together every week. Uh, I think you guys are appreciating, the, from the feedback at least, that it feels more natural. It feels like it's flowing more. And I'm happy that that's the case. Um, you know, it's it's challenging, given my production background, <laughs> to not want to just flow, you know, to flow, but not to also kind of be on my Dr. Dre shit mm-hmm. and want to really edit. But I think there's something to be said for just like, listen, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And give the people what they want. Yeah. Exactly. And it is quality. It's not like we're at my crib. <laughs> you know what I mean, we are in a studio. So exactly. That's what's up. Um so shit, yeah, we got quite a bit to talk about. Let's get to it. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called But yeah, man, you came up with something really solid last night, man. The teamwork makes the dream work. No, no, no. It's not that. Everybody says that. So I wanted to say teams make dreams come true. See okay. what I did there? I see what you did there, buddy. Is it really the same shit, but I'm just trying to finesse it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was reading this article, and it's funny because I have this uh, news app, which I don't need to shout out. It's not that dope. But it will source all kind of news articles, and there was one that caught my attention, and it happened to really coincide with what's happening with us at this very moment, which is our team expanding. Mm-hmm. And the process of you and I partnering and deciding that ultimately the goal was to scale so that we could help more people. Right. Um, there's always that challenge of, well, how do you scale? How do you grow a team? What are some things that you should factor into building a great team? Mm-hmm. And what do great teammates, uh, what are some of their traits of mm-hmm. a good team? Mm-hmm. And we can find great examples in professional organizations. You can find examples um, in sports mm-hmm. and in business like us. But I wanted to start with, uh, you know, this whole concept of teams make dreams come true. And in Fast Company, this was actually a few years back, and this is what's great is that fundamental and timeless things don't have to be up to the minute. Sure, there's nuance and things that you can kind of color something with, but ultimately, foundationally, there's just some building blocks that it doesn't matter if it was 100 years ago or yesterday. It applies. Yeah, so there was this article... Um, I'll try to get the author to give them their props. Oh, I think it was uh, Lindsay Levine. 
And basically, it was five factors that separate great teams from good ones. Okay. And I just thought it was cool because what she identified uh, were some common traits. So number one is they are committed to the vision and achieving extraordinary goals. Um, That really just comes down to is everybody on the same page? You know, is everyone committed to the same goal? Um, And on great teams, individual goals really are set aside. um, And the players or the teammates, if you will, you know, they know the way to win is to do best what's best for them, but also what's best for the team. Right. You know, that's a critical component. Um, so why this is important is because it, it helps, you know, the people on the team understand the direct consequences um, that their actions will have on the team and the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of times that people are moving and, you know, we all have individual goals, but if those supersede the team, and it impacts it negatively. You see it all the time in sports. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's great that you scored 30 points and you got busy, but... It didn't know, really help the team. Because you fouled out. You know what I mean? Like your or actions... You don't, or you, you know, don't pass the rock. Or I mean, right. we could point to that like an Isaiah Thomas act in Cleveland. Mm. That's an exact example of putting your goals before the teams, which he's in a contract year, he's trying to get maxed out. Right. Um, and he put that in front of actually trying to gel and mesh with the squad and mm. and be successful on that front. So Got it. Great example. Um, then the second thing is they share accountability for results. So, you know, does the team think of it as our work or do they think of it as so-and-so's project? And it's funny that that applies even to us, mm-hmm. you know, where we have a listing and say, uh, I bring in a listing. Does someone on the team just look at it like, okay, I see what's listing? Or do they look at it and say it's our listing? He might have brought it in, but Mm -hmm. we all have special talents that are actually going to execute and make that listing shine and get the owner the highest amount of money and sold in the shortest amount of time. Right. Um, So that's cool. All right. This next thing that she had mentioned, uh, the third thing was, you know, the team's communication is transparent. And the reason that's critical is that if everyone is operating in a vacuum but they're supposed to be on a team. Mm-hmm. You don't have access to information. Not only that, it's not timely. It's not in real time. You're not able to play off of each other and understand like, shit, had I known that, I would approach it this way. You know, there's times where one person may make a move and they do something. They don't tell the rest of the team members. And then everybody's just rocking out, fucked up, you mm-hmm. know. And something that is uh, really important to kind of note and teams should just kind of ask themselves these questions are, you know, do we communicate in a way that makes it easier for the team to reach its goals? You know, are we doing that? Do we know how we can help each other? I think that's big because right. if I don't know what the fuck you're doing, how am I going to help you or say, hey, here's my unique skill sets that I want to bring to the equation? Do we communicate frequently and informally or once a quarter or is it weekly? Like, what's your frequency like? Mm-hmm. Like, how often is the team actually getting in together and communicating? That's critical. Very important. And then, you know, do we have access to the information we need to do our jobs effectively? I think if you don't have access to information, you're not communicating in a timely manner, you're operating in a vacuum, it's extremely difficult to try to accomplish this big stretch goal that we've all said is important to all of us if we can't figure out how we can help each other and in what way to do that. Right. Um, and then I think the... The fourth thing was they resolve conflict constructively. 
you know, high-performing teams have a wonderful ability to transform conflict into value. Nice. That's really ill. When I saw that, I was like, wow, that's powerful. That's being solution-based. Right. That's something we really pride ourselves on is that we focus on what happened, but at the end of the day, how are we going to solve it? Exactly. And how do we actually turn a negative into a positive? Exactly. Um, It's happened a lot with us, actually. It's really (laughs) funny. Sometimes we're like, really? (laughs) Oh, wow. This is, um, I've never heard of this before, uh, but they had an example where they said a team used a racy chart. You know, there's an agreement on who has responsibility, that's the R, for the decision, or who's organizationally accountable, you know, for the decision. So that's A, who needs to be consulted, that's C, uh, prior to the decision, um, and who may need to be informed. Mm -hmm. So that's ill. Who's responsible, who's accountable, who needs to be consulted, or who needs to be informed on the decision. Um, And they kind of did this study and it and it turned out that the team initially was rocking ad hoc and they were all over the place. One minute the team leader was making decisions on some other issues. It was corporate making decisions. And so there was no continuity, you know, between how things were moving. And once they kind of implemented that system, then they had much less conflict. I could see how mapping that out could really be helpful. Yeah, it's you know, a, it's like a channel. It's a channel right. of communication to get to the same place. Right. I mean, and the last thing was just that, you know, the difference between, you know, great teams or good teams is that they have a mutual respect for each other and a strong camaraderie. Um, that's huge. I mean, that's that's big. I mean, because you see that in every arena uh, where there are people that don't really fuck with each other. They just don't have camaraderie. There's no chemistry. There's no real feeling of a shared uh, goal, you know, to get to. That, and it impacts that, them. A lot of that happens because... Um, teams, organizations, whatever you want to call them, they don't spend time doing things outside of what they're brought together to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So if, for instance, if we're on a squad, let's just say, let's just use the Golden State Warriors, for example. Um, Not that I'm a fan, no disrespect, but... um, Did you have to say that, though? My bad. Go ahead. Uh, um, (laughs) It's as real as it gets. I love it, but you could have just said, let's just take them, for instance, and kept moving. He had said, but I'm not a fan. Um, Fuck them. (laughs) That was for Bucci. Um, uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can tell that they actually enjoy playing with each other. You yeah. know what I mean? You can I, see that it's, it's visible. It's visible. They hang out. You know, they're doing dinners. They're um, you like know, outside of ball. You're saying outside, there's things out, that they actually yeah, just rock like with each other. They're rocking with each other outside of ball. So they're not getting together just when they're playing ball or they're at practice. Like they're they're doing things outside of that. You get to know someone personally. You get to figure out their personal interests. You um. You know, you just get to learn a little bit more about them, their background, where they came from. And then nine out of ten times when you do those type of things, you'll see that there's a lot of the same. You know what I mean? You'll figure out, wow, we literally come from the same kind of structure and went through some of the same things, just different paths. Maybe some shared circumstances. Exactly. So I think that's very critical to spend time outside of what what you're brought together to be actually doing. Right. I think that's a good segue uh, into people saying, okay, great guys, love that you you outlined five factors of what kind of distinguishes the difference between a good team and a great team. Mm -hmm. But how do I even build a team? Mm -hmm. How do I even get started on that? How do you even begin the process of scaling? I'm a solo agent. I don't even know where to begin or any venture that I'm on. You know, I'm just kind of this solopreneur. You know, what do you do? I think the first thing is that you have to have a set of core values, which we did, and that really helped us. We didn't have it initially, right? Um, but shout out to Ramon, um, 
with Code Switch, you know, who rocks with us as our uh, de facto CMO, he was like, yo, so what are your core values? So we can make sure that we can honor that. Right. And I was like, that's a really great question. <laughs> we know who we are. But and because you and I were in sync and from the day we met each other, we've never, it wasn't anything to right. like think about in a way. Mm-hmm. But it was important because everyone's not going to f- just rock like that, you know, from scratch, you and, know. And that was one of those things that was happening that you're right. kind of alluding to. like, Right. Meeting someone. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't have those core values clearly front and center. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening was that a couple of people that were interviewed for the team, they never would have been considered for the team had we done a couple things that would have immediately told us they're great people, right. but they're not necessarily going to be a great fit for us, right. and we're not going to be a great fit for, for them. them. So anyway, to go back to you know, how do we build a team, I think you identify what your core values are. You know, who are you as an organization? Who are you first as an individual if you're mm-hmm. the team leader? Mm-hmm. If you're considering joining a team and you're like, well, what what type of things should I look for to know that this team is a right fit for me? We're going to talk about now, I think, from the standpoint of a leader, how to build a team. And then you can understand, conversely, if you're joining a team, do those things match up for you? Right. So in building a squad, Craig Anderson, our CFO at Compass, um, I watched him speak a while back, and he said, you know, here's some things that I use to help me when I'm building our team. And they were the four H's. And we have now adopted them as well because I feel like they're really baseline, but the way they were crystallized in his presentation really resonated with me. The first H is humility. Mm. If you're not dealing with people, be it the leader or anyone on a squad that's humble, if they're not humble, it's a wrap. Like, I I think it's a non-starter. And I can't emphasize that enough, you know, because we all have egos. We're all competitive to a degree. Some Mm -hmm. are insanely competitive. Some Mm -hmm. people, you know, not as much. But at the end of the day, any healthy ego, there's there's some desire to want to be the best you can be, right? Yeah, you may not be worried about other people, but, you know, for yourself. It's natural. Right, you want to be your best self. Yeah, of course. But without humility, it really makes conflict resolution, of which we referred to earlier, mm-hmm. difficult. Because if you have two egos that come together and one has one thought of how something should go and the other one has another way, if there's not a, a, a sensibility that, each one could hear the other out and both be willing to yield if if it can resonate with them to say, you know what, this is really the best course of action. Um, I'm cool with it. Right. You know, I initially thought this, but now having all the information and the way you presented that, I get it. I see why you're so passionate about it. Or I hear you and I can appreciate that. Here's some more information that you need to hear. You know, now how does that feel? Or is there a compromise that can be struck where both people feel Value. You just hit it. You just hit it right there. It's a compromise, right? It's, it's it's very important to be able to, you know, still have your thought, get it across, but still have enough to be able to to give to the other person, so you can hear that, and then you get somewhere in the middle, your land. So I think that first H, uh, humility, is big. Another one of the H's out of the four is honest. Hmm. Honest isn't about, oh, do you tell the truth? That's baseline. We expect you to be honest and Mm -hmm. to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. But are you honest with yourself? Are you honest with who you are so that if you decide to be a part of our team or we're looking for you to join our team, that there is a sense that we are getting exactly what we see, 
what we hear, and who we're interacting with because right. you're living your truth. You are being who you are. You're honest. Right. You know, there are a lot of people that will say whatever to get the job because they, they're masters at interviewing. Right. Um, and quite frankly, you know, I've been fooled by that because I didn't look at it from a standpoint of what we talked about before is great teams do shit together outside of work. Right. So if I'm only looking at, oh, wow, your ability to sell a lot of houses, that's cool. But if we have an experience outside of work that's not so pleasant because we never realize that you don't handle yourself the same way that we do in social context, we yeah, catch a L. Yeah. That's more important. Right. That's a character thing. That's something that, that's, that's a brand that you're affecting. You know what I right. mean? It's like right. having this great brand and it just gets infected with something. Right. Regardless of what the numbers are, if you're not able to carry yourself like that, like, I mean, it just doesn't even make sense. Right. Now your culture is corrupted. Yeah. Now, you know? now no one's even going to take us serious. Like, right. So. I mean, I remember Robert Refkin saying that, that when he had some choices to make early mm-hmm. before Compass was buzzing and before we had all this money and before we went across the country was that you only have one chance to build a culture. Right. Um, the other H that I thought was really interesting, and it's so simple, but it's not automatic with most people. It's happy. <laughs> He's like, I just want to work with people that are happy. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to jump off the walls. You don't have to be super extroverted. You could be quiet. You could be chill. You know, maybe you're not the most colorful in the room, but underlying your persona is happiness. Yeah. You are just a happy person you operate from a place of love you operate from a good place and we all have down days we all get our ass kicked no one's looking for someone to be superman or woman and and just always be smiling that's not the definition of happy you know it's really just in your core you look at the glass half full right ultimately you're happy you're like listen it could be a lot worse and i want to respect people that have some very very dire situations i don't want to take that lightly but even then i feel like if you're on the planet and unless there's some other shit that we don't know about, you're here means that it's a gift and you have an opportunity to do something. Yeah, man. I mean, I've seen a lot of less fortunate people still have smiles on their face, man. So it's it's really not an excuse, right. you know, not to be. Everybody has something that they're going through. Right. So right. what level it is, you know. May vary. May right. vary, right? But at the end of the day, your attitude of how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day basis is your strength to get you through whatever you're going through. So being happy is very important for this and also for our team. You know what I mean? And and and, and how we move around with it's just it's just being happy is important. Right. Very important. No, it's, it's definitely important. And the last H um is high ceiling. Mm. You know, people that have a high capacity, you know, you don't want to bring someone on your team that really just has a low ceiling. You know, you kind of already know the end game with them. You know, and it's not just, it's not about academics, you know, how smart they are. Um, maybe they have street smarts right. and they're beyond with that. You know, whatever they're coming to the table with, you just got to feel like there there's a high ceiling there, that there is a lot of room for growth, that they're coming to the table and adding value, but that there is still a lot of room for them to grow and mm-hmm. take on more responsibility because you're already looking ahead that, I, you know, sometimes you see it with teams. They'll bring in a player, and, and there's a lot of variables, salary cap, and maybe a draft is a better example, 
you know, you look at, they always say, obviously, they want the character. You know, they want a problem guy. Uh, they, they want someone, obviously, that, you know, has a great arm or whatever, if it's quarterbacks or whatever. This draft is pretty they strong. Look, they're looking at maturity. Maturity. But you always hear that term, high ceiling. Mm-hmm. He has a high ceiling. Like, mm-hmm. not you know, he's going to be able to learn the offense, learn the playbook, get in the film room, do all these different things. But ultimately, he hasn't maxed out in college. Like, he's shown enough that he's dope, but he still has a lot more to go. So, yeah, I think the uh, that last H, high ceiling, is something for everyone to just be mindful of. You know, that you're bringing people in your cipher, your circle, your immediate space that have the ability to go beyond what you might initially be bringing on them on the team to do. You know, one-dimensional people, it's just, it's limiting, mm-hmm. you know? I agree, totally. So teams make dreams come true. Hopefully yours will. A little shameless plug just for Team Carn Blanche, baby. You know what I'm saying? We're coming to a city near you as right. Compass keeps expanding. Right. Uh, our goal is to keep doing the same as well, so. Right. So if there's great agents, brokers, uh, interior designers, stagers, photographers, architects, photographers, graphic designers, anyone around the sphere of real estate, you should get at us. Yeah, for um, sure. Because we are absolutely going to expand out of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're here locally and you feel that what we talk about and how we move, it resonates with you, reach out. Yeah, definitely. Um, because we're looking to grow here as well because I think our first play is to really make sure that we are that team in New York City. Right. And then we're going to expand across the country. Yep, so please... Feel free to reach out to us, man. That's what's up. All right, so shit, this win is a really big win. It's the only win we got this week. All they do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah. Wins. Uh, this is a major win. I mean, look. This dude's been winning for a long, for a long time, time. But I still think it qualifies as a win because he is approaching $1 billion. Amazing. That's his net worth. That's crazy. Uh, so it went from $810 million to 900 million over the last year that's incredible right and that's uh, you know that's accredited to his partnerships with um ace the champagne company and uh Duces. he also has stakes in rock nation and his title streaming services outside of his album royalties and any other ventures that's not mentioned big shout out big win the big homie hova are y'all out there <laughs> jay-z forbes started doing the hip-hop cash kings seven years now it's been our man puff yeah and this and he's shit. a he's a perfect example of diversifying you know obviously he crushed it in music mm-hmm. and then fashion fashion sean john is still shaking and baking still shaking and baking obviously we know he's got the uh um, so rock thing i mean right. that's a lot of it right yeah, there that's, that's a, a big huge chunk of it, chunk of it. But, um, so it's no no surprise that Hove's you know net worth increased uh, almost another hundred million from booze, right? <laughs> Alcohol's powerful. Yeah. So yeah. so big shout out to Jay Z. Congratulations, my brother. Congratulations, that is a major win. You're inspiring all of us. He said, "What's better than one billionaire? Two, two, especially if he's the same hue as you." <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just top of the line. Uh, you want to jump into what's good in the hood? Let's do it. What's good, baby? What's good in the hood? Yeah, let us know. So this first one, uh, I mean, I love I love this cat. I haven't got into what we're about to highlight, okay. but just as a quick aside, um, I think he retired his music side, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I feel like he said he wasn't going to make any more records. Childish Gambino. Oh, man. But, I mean, just from the record side, fire, fire, fire. I mean, from, I read something that um, 
with this, I can't remember the show he was on, but one of the guys that co-starred, they're like, we're not surprised that Donald's a fucking superstar. Like, this dude is so creative and just amazing, you know? So it's really good to see. But you can talk about it. Have you watched the, yeah, the show? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm a, I, I love the show. Um, last season was season one. It was great. I couldn't wait for season What's two. What's it called? Uh, Atlanta. Okay. Um, season two just started uh, a few days ago. Yeah, I got to um, get caught up on that. Yeah, um, but it's it's solid. I mean, it's very well written. The way they shoot it is amazing. What's the premise? Is it basically just life in Atlanta, or so is there it's some like other... it's life in Atlanta with these three dudes? It's kind of like an it's entourage, but without all the glitz and the glamour. Okay. So one dude is a rapper. He's trying to and he's trying to manage him, but they're then he has his cousin living with him, but. You know, his cousin currently is on the house arrest. He's trying to figure out his life. He just got evicted, doesn't have a job. I mean, it's just... A lot of shit. It's a lot lot of shit going on, but it's really well shot, very well written, super funny. Okay. Um, And what was really dope is on the opening season, um, for those who of you who liked um, (laughs) Pippin Mike, Cat Williams was a guest star um on the show which was a nice touch he played like this guy named alligator man who was known in the hood for having an alligator in the crib uh, which is crazy um but the show is just dope and and you know you can see his genius he's a director on it he's a writer on it it's just a really special show so if you haven't seen it or if you have definitely catch on to season two on fx um, nice, super dope show, and you know the the young gentleman from Lakeith Stanfield who was in Get Out, he was in Selma, and he was in Jay's Moonlight video. Mm, He's also okay. a part of it. Um, and um, another thing I want to highlight about the show too is musically, they do a great job of selecting music and it's not music that you've known or you heard, or you've heard it's actually he's almost like putting you on to records that's hot which is really really dope so that means somebody's really sitting in the background curating through new music and picking those things out and dumping them in there you right. may catch a few oldies but goodies but majority of it is really new stuff so i appreciate that oh that's hot okay so i can definitely check that out yeah and then you know we got the good old 90th academy awards Oscar. My brother's name is Oscar. That's great. What up, Oscar? What's up? <laughs> so, I mean, it's always that um, that interesting thing, right? To see what is going to win for what is it, best picture? Mm-hmm. And it, this is embarrassing, but for best picture, like, um, what is there about nine? There's nine of them, and I only know two of them. I'm so you're I'm, doing better than me. I'm I mean, embarrassed. I just watched uh, for best actor. Um, I see that Denzel Washington is one of the nominees and I just watched uh, Roman J. Israel. Oh, how was that? That actually was a good movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I liked it. It was disappointing uh, sales-wise. I couldn't believe it. I saw the promotion. I thought really people would get behind because it was Denzel Mm -hmm. and the story seemed really interesting. Um, But yeah, they didn't... uh, I don't want to spend too much time on the movie itself and what it's about. And you know, you guys can, in case you haven't seen it or you have, I think it's just important to know that uh, he did a great job. The character was... Not an automatic character, you know. And you know, and the Oscars always does that. It, it always inf- it gives you information of movies that you, you haven't seen all year, and they're up for nods, and you go back and watch them, and they end up being great movies. Right. So I'm interested to see that. But I think the the most competitive category is going to be um, the best supporting actress. 
Mm. Um, you got Allison Janey. She was in I, Tanya. Okay. Um, you got Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. And then you got Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water, which I didn't see. I did see the other two. And they both did amazing, amazing jobs wow. on their roles. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that. And then, I don't want to let this go, but in Best Actress, Meryl Streep always seems to be there. I don't know. It's crazy. She must have something right. <laughs> in with the Academy. But... Yeah. Um, she's just a G. She's, uh, I she love, really picks no, great roles. You're right, though. Um, Margaret Roby in I, Tanya. She played Tanya Harding in the movie. Mm. She was incredible. Really? Like, listen, man. And and the movie was good. So, right. Um, but she did a really, 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 really good job. Very, very impressive. I won't be surprised if she wins for that. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and I know I kind of skipped because I mentioned Denzel with the best actor. But you also got someone who's not a stranger to getting nods at minimum if not actually winning Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Tread mm-hmm. I didn't see that and then uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya mm-hmm. for uh, Get Out so this is um, this is not like a, a, a what's good in the hood moment but we just kind of want to take a moment out to kind of make sure that uh, we sent some prayers out to Rick Ross he was hospitalized we don't know exactly what's going on right um, but being a fan and also you know a part of the hip hop community we just want to kind of make sure that we send love and prayers and hope him a speedy recovery absolutely yeah, he's one of our favorites so definitely hurts to hear Stuff. shit like that yeah. you know what I mean so, so young too yeah so I mean I know before you know there's a couple things so just want to make sure that he's good so just sending love and light his way and for his family and everybody around him yeah shit did we get to some music let's talk about this new record Khaled put out top off so it's it's an all-star lineup of course you got one of our favorites Hove uh, you got Future mm-hmm. and you got the Queen Bee mm-hmm. Beyonce um, and it's interesting I, I listened to it before we did this show um, I saw it first on Instagram it was a cool little teaser mm-hmm. um, and you just see a top coming down or whatever on the Maybach so that was cool so it got your interest like oh what's up with this and who's going to be involved and all of that um, I heard the record. The beat itself was cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was crazy. Right. Um, I liked Hov's verse. I mean, B definitely is shit talking because mm-hmm. she's not singing. Right. She's actually spitting. Right. Which is dope. Mm-hmm. What kind of sing song like rapping, which is live. Um, Hov was also kind of banging a little bit in his verse, which was kind of ill. He was snapping, so that was cool to hear. Kind of like I ain't went nowhere. You know. Right. I know I'm you guys. I, it feels like it was a little bit of energy because of 444 and he's so vulnerable and it and they always say what your strength is your achilles heel so the fact that he put it all out there and created this amazing work that many of us loved um you know that was great on the flip side i think it was like oh but you know don't don't think it's sweet like i'm still out don't get it twisted don't get it twisted and and he's really kind of coming at cats on it so i like that part of it um i wish future would have rhymed I feel mm-hmm. like him just doing the hook and being relegated to repeating fucking top off whatever fifty right, million right. times like that was, was a little bit. It was cool, but it wasn't. I don't. I've felt like this about a few of um, the the records with the big names. I just feel like you know people are so different. They're in such a different spaces mm-hmm. that on paper it looks attractive, but it's not really coming across to right. speak the right way. You know what I mean? Right. I think it, right. it's it's coming to a point where. You know, Khaled is obviously great and deserves everything he's getting. But um, the the rec- I mean, even like um, what was the joint that they did? 
um, Shining, the Shining record. Like that right. wasn't like a. You it was know, cool. It was cool. The names were cool, but, but it wasn't special. It, but it wasn't special right. record. And oh, that other shit when he did like, I got the keys, the keys, yeah, the keys. Like, I got the key. Like, it was it's just cool, but it's, cool. it's not yeah, not great. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not there. Now, if, now if we want uh, an an example of something, although it was annoying to me because of the original, how much I loved it, but I have to give props because I felt it worked. Wild thoughts. Wild thoughts. Yeah, that 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 one was, was fire to me because and Rihanna killed and, it, and Bryson Tiller mm-hmm. and Khaled and the and the beat. You know, that's a hit record. Has to be. You know, you say the right shit the right way on the right beat. Right. And those three things happened on, on that, that record. record. And, and that's shout why out, it sounds Shout right. out to Party Next Door, who actually wrote the record. So. Oh, shit. Dope. So that was dope for him. And also another one was I'm the One, that had Justin Bieber and Quavo in them. That was a really nice record. That I had worked. a good feel. That worked. Right. That worked. Um, but I yeah, just, you can't just, you know, color by numbers. You yeah, can't just yeah. be like, oh, I got J and B in Future. And I'm no disrespect to him because I'm sure there is a lot of thought, right? And mm-hmm. he hears something. He's like, oh, this will be crazy. But yeah, I didn't. I wasn't moved by it. I thought it was all right. I don't yeah, think it's, it's not a bad record, but it's not. It's not great. It's not. It's not, it's it's not, not memorable. Another, it's, it's not, not another sh- one. No, it's not. When you say we got another one, yeah, yeah, another one. <laughs> you <laughs> you know? sure do. Right, but it's not. Yeah. So I think our music review. We want to make sure you guys, when we put up on music, we're not just plugging everything or saying shit is hot. Yeah. Like, no. You know? And again, you, it's all subjective, right? Yeah, I mean, you somebody's may think gonna it's love hot. it. Right. Yeah, somebody's gonna love it. This is just uh, our opinion. It's, it's just funny that we're both on the same side. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not feeling it like that. I think it's all right. Um, I know we talked about it last week, but I'm going to say again, Nipsey Hustle. Still get that in your life. Yeah, get that. Victory <laughs> lap. That's why it's called victory lap. Takes a while to make a full lap. Right. So you might hear me drop that shit every week. That's <laughs> cool. You no, I, that. it's, it's well worth it. Man, so. that album is fucking fire. It's 10 years of pain right there, baby. Oof, God. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, um, um, sucker proof. Uh, so before we get out of here, man, is there anything else or should we just jump into the last word? Teams make dreams come true. Looking to join a team? Make sure they share your values. Make sure you feel that you can grow with them. Make sure ultimately it feels right. Right. If you're trying to build a team, use the four H's. Make sure the incoming team member is humble. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they have a high ceiling. Yep. Make sure that they're happy. Yep. And make sure that they are honest yes with themselves yes um and for all the teams that are existing you know just make sure you keep in mind that you know you guys want to stay committed to the vision make sure you share accountability for the results make sure your communication is transparent Mm -hmm. you know make sure you resolve conflict constructively and i guess probably one of the most important is just to have mutual respect for each other and try to have a strong camaraderie and that'll probably come from actually doing shit outside of work exactly so teams make dreams come Come true true. fire so before we get out of here y'all know the ritual Uh, be kind i like grandma b says and uh we love y'all we love y'all we'll see you next week peace